Thank you, Steve, for reading the scriptures. And thank you, uh, Ezra Kate and Johnny, for helping spreading the trash uh, in front. And thank you, Network, for uh, doing this. Uh, I'm sure you have fun doing this here this morning. And by going through this, I, I think about how, how can I do this? Uh, should I put it before we start a worship service? Uh, and I was like, no, there's no way that's going to fly because we're going to walk in here and the first person going to be like, what in the world is going on? They're going to clean it out. And they're probably going to be like, no one come and clean the building? We should fire those people because they're not doing their job. They, they left that over here. So I had to figure out a way to do it so you will not come and clean it before the lesson. But the subject for the les our lesson this morning is those our temple need a cleaning. And I'm sure uh, it's not the temple like in Jerusalem, but our building need a cleaning this morning because we have papers and stuff all over the place. And if we were to have visitors who come in and saw this, uh, they will not feel comfortable maybe sitting there in worship. And they maybe might say, why in the world does people just sitting there and let all of those trash here and they've done nothing about it. But have you ever maybe live uh, next to a neighbor who don't take care of their yard uh, and, but you keep your grass neatly cut and take care of it but their grass is going wild and you're like, what are they thinking? They need to cut their grass and all of that. I remember when Karen and I, we were in Dallas, Fort Worth area, we live in a neighborhood, and the neighbor next door, she wasn't cutting her grass. Uh, but I didn't see her all the time. I didn't know all the situation. But I'll go and cut mine, and hers kept going up, and nothing happened. So one day, I told Karen, I'm just going to go and cut mine and just cut hers as well. And uh, so I did that. Uh, but later on, she found out, okay, we, I did it, we did it. And I find out, well, she was single. She have a younger son who couldn't cut the grass. And she's trying. She bought a lawnmower uh, to cut the grass, but she couldn't put it together. Uh, she didn't know how to mix the oil and all of that uh, with the gas because what she got, that's what it was. Uh, so Karen and I put it together and then to explained to her how to use it, and then she got better at cutting it now that the thing was working, and she was able to do it. But without me knowing the circumstances, I had more judgment against her not cutting her grass, but by knowing she was single and she had trouble, then I understand her better why she wasn't doing uh, her yard. And sometime in our life, we may see something that we don't fully understand, uh, that maybe we may pass a judgment on someone because maybe the way they act or something they did. But, but until we get really close to that person to know what's going on in their life, we may not fully understand why they're living the way they are living. And uh, when I was in college, I had a, a roommate uh, who will not wash his clothes. She will go and play around, get sweaty, and all of that, and just come and dump his clothes in the room. And then you know what happened after you have sweaty clothes. Then they start uh, getting stink. 
Uh, so I talked to him a few times about it. I was like, I would like the room to, uh, to be different. Uh, uh, maybe you can go with me when we go wash clothes and all of that. Uh, but uh, he still wasn't doing it. So one weekend he left and go home. Usually he will try to take his clothes home. But this weekend he did not. He left them there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wash my clothes. And I can stand that smell. I'm going to wash his clothes as well. So I take all his clothes, go and wash them. Then the room smelled better. And when he came back, he was like, oh, you washed my clothes. And I said, well, duh. I didn't say it like that. But in my mind, I was like, well. <laughs> but but I, when someone is not doing that, they, maybe they're not taking care of their room and all of that. That can get uh, annoying at some point. So now, can you imagine Jesus went to the temple uh, in Jerusalem, and when he got there, he find those people doing what they were not supposed to be doing uh, in the temple. And now, the temple in Jerusalem, uh, there was different uh, aspect in it, a different place uh, and things. And so where those people were, they were not and the area they offer sacrifice because they were there probably in the temple court. That's where they were selling their things there because there was the holy place and there was the most holy place. So there was several area and the temple. And the most holy place, only the priests can enter there at a certain time. Uh, he couldn't go there just any time. And when he entered there, he often, they often will tie a rope to themselves. If something happened and God killed them, nobody can go in there to get them out. So they'll just have to drag them out of the room. So that's how it was. So you can imagine those people who were selling, they were not selling in that place, the most holy place. So they were most likely in the temple court. But still it was the temple where they were selling uh, there. And then, what's wrong about that selling in the temple? But if you go to the story, you will, uh, you will find that many Jews, they live far away from Jerusalem, and they will travel back to come and offer the sacrifice or come to the Passover. So when they come, they, uh, it was hard for them to bring the animal with them, or, uh, or they bring their money with them, and it was a different exchange. So the, those merchants there selling animals or uh, uh, birds and things like that, it was a way to help those people so they didn't have to travel far away with those animals. And if you travel with animals, it's not an easy, easy thing. It's difficult. I remember uh, I grew up raising some cattle and uh, a, a goats and things like that. And my foster mom one time was like, well, go sell some of the cars. And I think we had like five cars we were going to sell. We couldn't transport them, so we had to walk to the marketplace. And then one of the bulls decided to run, will not follow, will not stop. And then one of the boys was holding up that car, and it's dragging him. And we were like, let him go, let him go, let the car go. And he refused to, and the car was just going in the grass more than his trying. He didn't want to let it go, but <laughs> the car was too strong for him. So if an animal decides not to follow or not to listen, it's hard to 
content and to maintain. So you can imagine if they're trying to bring those animals far away from where they were, it would have been difficult for them to do so. So it's much easier to just bring the money with them, exchange it at the temple with the current currency, and then buy the animal and offer the sacrifice that they were supposed to offer. So that makes life a lot easier for them there. But here is where, where the issue comes there. When you're looking at it like that, you're like, well, there's not much issue. But here's where it becomes an issue. Uh, they will come and sell uh, at the temple or the money changers. They will charge more money than they should have. If you've ever been to another country where you don't know the exchange rate of the country and all of that, and you're trying to exchange the U.S. money, it's easy for them to uh, cheat you because you don't know the exact amount. So I'm not sure, okay, if they know the exact amount or, or also uh, there, but the money changers, they were not giving the exact amount of change back to those who come to change money. So they were robbing those people who come and change money. And then when, after they exchanged that money, uh, then the animals they were buying, they charge more for those animals. If they cost a dollar, they charge a dollar more for two dollars. So they were exploiting those people there uh, when they come there to Jerusalem. So Jesus there, he knows that. So that's why he got upset about it. That's why he said, you make God's house a den of robbers, and you are not using it the right way. And they were cheating the people that come to the temple. So what can we learn from that, that Jesus did there? So we don't have a temple like, we did in like they did in Jerusalem anymore. In fact, today we are the temple of God today. Uh, the Bible indicates that he lives in us today. Uh, and in him, uh, we have him with us uh, all the time. First Corinthians 3, 16, it says, uh, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So if we are the temple of God today, then we are to keep our temple clean clean or free of sin and uh, do some cleaning the way that we possibly can so that we keep our temple clean and we are not living uh, in sin. And if we do that, we're going to please God. And 1 Corinthians six nineteen it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. The day you become a Christian, you're not your own anymore. You belong to God, and, and your life should be trying to please him and to uh, follow his commandments. And not because they're just commandments, but you're doing it because of what he has done for you, the love he has shown you, then you're doing and return by loving him and follow his commandments. Uh, that's why we're doing it. And when we do that, then we will clean ourselves of anything that can entangle us. Sins that can be in our life will take those 
out of our life and that will help us. So if Jesus were to come today and look at the temple of God and you, will, what will he find? What will be his reaction? Will it be like he saw those people in the temple in Jerusalem? Or will he be happy with you the way you're trying to live your life, the way you're trying to imitate him, the way you're trying to be faithful servant to him? What will he find if he come, if he were to come today physically and look at, at your temple? If the Lord did an inspection in your heart this morning, will he find these? Will he find any of these in your life that you're not trying to eliminate or to take care of it? As we live in this world, since we are human and since enter the world, we will have things that we have to deal with, sins that can easily entangle us. But with the help of God, with the help of Christ, we can work on things and taking things away from our life and get better at it each day with him. Because with him we can do all things, like Apostle Paul says. But without him, we will be helpless. But with his help, we can take those things out of our life. If he comes today, will he find us trying to take those things out of our life or keep them out of our life? Back in Haiti, we have a, a, a marketplace that's very smelly because the merchants go sell there. They just dump their trash there. Uh, can you imagine if you have fruit, uh, uh, potatoes, and all of that, when they start going bad, they just keep them to the side. And if you drive there to that marketplace in your car, you can smell it. And it's like a, a, a smell that's different than any other smell. It will hurt your nose kind of way when you smell it. But those merchants who sit there are like, how in the world can they sit there? It's hurting me to just smell it by driving by, but they're sitting in it, selling all day. But if you were to go and talk to them about it, you know what they will say? They will be like, ah, we don't smell it. It doesn't bother us. But what happened is they're so accustomed, so used to it, the smell doesn't bother us anymore. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had to uh, call uh, a, a, we have to call Nikom. Uh, uh, your name just completely escaped me. Uh, for a gas, it wasn't a gas leak, but the uh, heater was torn on, and then, <laughs> and then. Uh, Something wasn't firing it up, and it's just pushing the gas into the vent. So when I walked in and the door, and I told Krista, do you smell gas? And she said, yes, I, I smell it. So she's the one who contacted uh, uh, <laughs> Tim. Sorry, I kept <laughs> forgetting your name. Contacted Tim, and Tim called someone to come look at it. We turned it off and called someone to come look at it. They fixed it, but... Uh, the smell while I was there, I didn't smell it anymore. 
because I've been there for a while, uh, the smell just didn't bother me anymore. And we have the door open and everything, so I'm thinking the smell is out. But when the guy walked in to come fix it, he was like, oh, I smell it. And I was like, oh, you still smell it? I was like, I don't smell it anymore. He said, yeah, I still smell it. But that showed that because I was there for a couple hours, the smell didn't bother me anymore because I've been there long enough. And sometimes sin can be the same way. If we stay in it, live in it long enough, it comes to a point where it won't bother us anymore. Well, it's just a little lie. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's a white lie. Or it's this. Uh, it doesn't matter. It won't be a big thing. But that's why we need to be diligent about it, to keep sin out of our life, because it can easily get us to a point where it doesn't bother us anymore the longer we stay uh, at it. One day, there was a guy who have had a pet snake. He went and bought a mouse to uh, feed the snake. And so he came with that uh, mouse and put it in the cage with the snake. But the snake was sleeping. Uh, so the mouse was like, okay, I'm, I have an issue there. I have to deal with it. And because when that snake wake up, I'm going to be food. So this, the, the mouse decided there was some sawdust in the uh, cope where the snake was. The mouse was like, let me go and cover the snake up. So he goes and work and cover the snake up, and he couldn't see the snake anymore. He said, now I should be good about it. Then nothing can happen now. And do you think so? No, his danger was still there. He still did not see it, but the danger still exists. Once that snake wake up, that mouse going to be food for that snake. And sin can be that way. Yeah, we can try to cover it up and uh, don't worry about it. But one day, sin going to wake up and bite us. And, and, and it can be terrifying when that uh, happens. So no matter how much we try to cover things, we cannot cover things for the longest. One day we'll have to answer to God uh, about it. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 23, 25 to 28. It says, Who to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup uh, and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, uh, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Who to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites? You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones uh, of the dead and everything unclean. And the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So there, Jesus was very stern there with those people there, calling them hypocrites and whitewashed tomb. Now you clean the outside, outside of the cup, but the inside is uh, 
is dirty and all of that. So those are very strong language there. But it pictures a good picture for us to know that we need to clean inside out, not outside in, but clean from the inside. When we clean and the inside, the outside is going to be clean. But the tomb, as it's referred there, a tomb will be nice on the outside. Sometimes we'll have flowers on top of it and everything, but you don't want to dig into it because if you dig, you will get to the smelly part. Uh, so that's why there it's important. It's very good image there. Jesus is uh, talking to them to clean from the inside, but not just clean on the outside. And as Christians, that's what we should be doing. If we take care of our inside, and making sure we're right with God, that will pour out on the outside and people will be able to see that as well. This morning when I walked in uh, into the auditorium, uh, uh, Lisa and uh, uh, Kevin were like, you, you're well-dressed this morning and uh, you look nice. But now, if I were to take my coat off, I wonder if you will have that same idea that I am well-dressed this morning. And do you have that same opinion? There's tan, there's hole in my shirt, back is teared up and everything. <laughs> do you have that same idea that I'm well-dressed this morning? So I'm completely fooled you this morning because you thought I was well-dressed and I looked nice. Yes, it looked like it, but when you really dig into it, I'm not really that well-dressed. My shirt is not that pretty this morning. You know, sometimes we may appear clean on the outside, like we're faithful servant of God, trying to do his uh, work, and we may fool everybody, but you know one person you cannot fool is God because he knows everything. He sees everything. And he knows our heart. And we cannot fool him. And he is the one we should must be afraid of because he knows everything. And the last day when he comes back, we're going to have to answer to him uh, to how we've been living. And uh, I can fool you but I cannot fool God. Psalm 139, it teaches us that God knows everything. That's what David mentioned there in that psalm. You know me from inside and out, before I was born, uh, before I was even come to this world, you know who I am. So I cannot hide anything from, from you, Lord. That's what David is saying there. You, you know my sin, you know my lifestyle, and you know everything about me. And God knows everything about us. And I'm not saying that for you to be scared, to be afraid of, because even though he knows everything about us, he loves us so much, that's why he gave us his son on the cross to die for us. We should not be hiding anything from him because he already knows them. And as long as we continue to do our best to confess our sin, uh, to him and following him and repent from them, he's going to forgive us. He's going to uh, continue to love us because that's what he does. That's why we have him as our savior and as our 
God. Usually, we do some cleaning and spring. Uh, you maybe go to your wardrobe or the, your room and uh, take things that are old and, may, and then replace them with things that are new. Things that are worn out and replace them with things that are not so worn out. I know sometimes uh, my wife get on me uh, for not... Uh, uh, for keep wearing the same thing, like they will be like kind of bleach a little, but I'm like, I'm going to get my money worth out of them and keep working on them. And she's like, no, you need to get away of that shirt. You have it long enough. But yes, we do some cleaning sometimes. Isn't it, it's important to do the same spiritually, to clean, uh, to continue cleaning. Yes, we need God to help us to do that, but we need to be working on things constantly to get better. Take things that are seen out of our life and replace them with things that are different and things that we need uh, to work on. And, and to do that, the best way to start, if we're not a Christian, is to become a Christian. That's the first part to start. Because when you become a Christian, you get your sin washed away. you clean be, with the power of the blood. Because you hear the word uh, and you believe in it, you repent, confess, and baptize. And after that, it doesn't end there. We continue to live faithfully uh, with God until the end, until we die, or until Christ comes back to take us home. And we constantly continue to do that. And if we sin after we become a Christian, well, we can always get forgiveness for our sin because God is faithful to forgive us after we sin again, after we become a, a Christian. So, if you are here today and you have some things that you need to work on, things that you need to take out of your life, well, start on working on it today. And if you've been working on it, don't be discouraged. Continue to do it because God loves you and he wants the best for you and he can help you to do that. Because know that if Jesus come today and were to look at your temple, will he be happy or will he be upset for what he sees in your life? Remember, we cannot fool him, but we can fool each other, but we cannot fool God. And if you think God will be upset for what he sees in your life, take care of it. The, there's power in his blood to take care of it. Don't let that day go by without taking care of that. And uh, you will be pleasing uh, to him. And you will bring glory and honor to his name if you do that.